Great to see you all uh, here today. It's good to be a part of uh, worship uh, this morning. And again, thank you for coming. Thank you for tuning in online. I hope everything that occurs here is going to be a a blessing to you. As you know, we have been going deep into this last part of Matthew's Gospel, the Great Commission. Uh, We've been preaching on this uh, since the end of August, and here we are now into the middle of October. Uh, we took a few weeks, uh, past three weeks, to dive deep down in what it means to teach the things that I've taught you. And basically, if you haven't been here or if you've forgotten, we're a doing faith, not just a believing faith. Okay? Jesus, over and over again there at that last part of the, of the Sermon on the Mount, says, hear and do. Our faith is an act of faith. Those who do the will of the Father are called blessed. So, all right, so we're, we are coming back now down into to this uh, great commission. And uh, it's in chapter 28. I hope you know that by now. And it is the uh, verse 16 uh, through the end of the chapter, or the end, of the end of Matthew's gospel, actually. Hear now the word of the Lord. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Today we're talking about what it means to be baptized into the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. What does it mean to live life in the Trinity? Well, it's an interesting concept when we think about it because we are talking about being brought into something, incorporated into the life of God. Now, when we think about this, we might think about, well, Someone coming into a new nation, someone becoming a part of a new setting, a new way of life. You know, recently we had some interaction with Ukrainian refugees who are here in our community. Uh, Several of y'all have gave an American Girl doll to their little daughter. You'll see if you get the newsletter. If you don't get the newsletter, I encourage you to sign up for it. Uh, We have a listing of the clothes and the the sizes of this family, that all the shoes and the coats because it's getting wintertime. They've asked us to pray for them as, as the father is maybe going to get a work visa so that he can, he can work and earn a living uh, for the family and also know the joy of work again. And it reminds me of another Ukrainian family that I got to work with several years ago in Montgomery. And I won't get into the long story, but basically Val and Larissa came here to the United States with their son, son Sergei and Artum, and had nothing. And now... After lots of work and several years and some blessings coming their way, they're fully enculturated into the American way of life. Both Val and Larissa have jobs, they're engineers. Their son, uh, Sergei, teaches transplant medicine. He has his PhD in medicine at University of Alabama in Birmingham. That's the good University of Alabama. Um, in, 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 in Birmingham, that's where, the, that's where the hospital is. He teaches there. Their son, uh, younger son is so smart that he quit college and became a lead on developing the rockets in Huntsville. They're fully in, in, incorporated into the life of America. That's what we're getting at 
when we talk about being brought into the life of the Trinity, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The word in there means to, to live into, to be a part of, to be incorporated into the name of this God. Now, in, in biblical times, to talk about a name isn't just like naming your cat. I mean, we just say, you know, that, that cat is fluffy or our dog is Fido. It's more than just labeling something. It talks about the essence and character of a person or of who God is. We're in, in Disciple Bible study right now. We're getting in, into the Old Testament. And if you haven't taken Disciple, I encourage you to do so. I mean, we, I'm teaching Disciple 1. Te- Patty's teaching Disciple 3. And, and right now in Disciple, you know, we're, we're just now beginning. So we just finished the book of Exodus. And, and as we uh, read in Exodus, you'll remember there is an encounter with Moses, with God there on Mount Sinai. And Moses wants to know the essence, the character of this God by asking, what is your name? And God gives this oblique answer, I am who I am, revealing in, in, a, in a short way a little bit of who, the character of God, because Moses wanted to know the character of this God. And we see this throughout the Bible and, through, and throughout history, really, when someone comes to Christianity or, or comes to a new uh, impact in the life of God, names are changed. Remember, Jacob becomes Israel. We see that Saul becomes Paul. Uh, Joseph becomes Barnabas. We see names changed as they become more in line with the character of who God is. In, in some cultures, when someone leaves a pagan society and a pagan way of life, they get a Christian name because their character is changed. They have a new essence about them. And and so when we talk about being baptized into the name of God, we're talking about being baptized in the essence of who God is and in the character of who God is. And so what is this God? Who is this God? What is this God like? Well, Jesus tells us very overtly, baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. This is a unique teaching in any world religion that we serve a God that is community. It's a trinity. Now, this is kind of hard to explain, isn't it? I mean, when you ask somebody, you know, talk about the trinity, we have all sorts of uh, thoughts about this. I've been teaching uh, introduction to theology to local pastors in Alabama for 20-something years. I've been doing it on, online since I've moved here. And we talk about this trinity, and I ask them, what's playing the trinity? And one person's always going to say this. They're always going to say this. I, I can guarantee you. Well, you know, sometimes God is like the Father, and then sometimes we know God is a Son, and, and then sometimes God is a Spirit. It's like we know God by what hat God is wearing at the time, right? That's called modalism, and and that's not the way we should understand Trinity and and who God truly is. Sometimes people say, you know, God's like water. You know, know, sometimes God is ice, and sometimes God is spirit, and sometimes God is liquid. And yeah, there is a oneness of essence of who God is, but that doesn't fully explain the mystery of the Trinity. And the best way in this great way of understanding the Trinity is God is community. God is family, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God in three persons. 
And though we'll never understand fully the mystery of who God is, it should not keep us from seeking. For as Jesus said, those who seek will find. And so as we seek more to understand who God is, God will reveal God's self. And Jesus explains it this way. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, a divine community, perfect in will and love and intent. Jesus says this in, in, in the great high priestly prayer in John 17 when he's talking about his glory. Lord, reveal your glory to them as you have glorified me because you have loved me before the foundation of the world. See, before anything was made, there was this community that's perfect in love and intent and in unity. Before anything was made, there's this community. Now, I've heard this too, and maybe you've heard it, maybe you've even believed it, that God created the world so that God would have something to love. Fooey. That ain't true. In our understanding as Christians, that before there was creation, there was community. And this creation was made in love, for love, and in love. You see, before there was creation, there was community. And so as we have this understanding of who God is, we have to understand this nature that God is communal. And we cannot live out the character of God then alone. We have to have community. It's interesting that from the very beginning in Genesis, God said it is not good for a man to be alone, right? It's not good for for man to be alone. We need one another. Past year, we lost a a great saint in Archbishop Desmond Tutu. I'm sure most of you all know who he is, but he led South Africa Uh, in the Christian movement to overcome apartheid, racial segregation there in in South Africa. And he did so from a standpoint of love, even for the white oppressors who were uh, putting colored people and Native Africans in prison, locking them up in ghettos, even killing them. He did so out of love. And even after Uh, South Africa became ruled by the majority black population. He formed the Truth and Reconciliation Commission so that whites and blacks, the oppressors and the oppressed, could come together. And he popularized this South African way of life called Mbutu. It goes like this. I am a person because of other people. Or I am because you are. I am because, excuse me, we are. I am because we are. Maybe behind Moses receiving the answer from God saying, I am, there was this community behind that saying. For remember in the first chapter of Genesis, God said, let us create man in our image. Let us create them. See, from the very beginning, God was community. And to enter into the character of who God is, 
we have to do so together. We're in a loneliness crisis right now, folks. We are. We are in a loneliness crisis. Harvard Medical School, uh, as the pandemic was breaking out, using research as prior to the pandemic, found out this, that 36% of Americans feel lonely. It's worse for people that are younger from 18 and 25 65% of them say they're experiencing loneliness. 51% of of, of new mothers say that they are lonely. So is it any wonder that we have such problems with addiction and abuse and suicide and the anger that's boiling up not only in our country but around the world because people feel lonely and disconnected all over the world? And the answer to that, Harvard Medical School says, is this. Go to church. Believe it or not, Harvard Medical School said, go to church. They also say other things too, but get connected with others. Why is this? Because in the DNA of all creation is community. And we cannot enter into the character of God unless we do so together. Now, I may step on a a toe or two here, but if we aren't living in community, in solidarity with one another, well, and we're not living out this calling to be baptized into the character of who God is. Now, y'all are here, great. And y'all watching online, that's wonderful. But are we doing anything more? Because church has to be more than just one hour a week or a, a service here and there. Life together means working together, coming together, sharing our burdens, loving one another, even in the midst of our faults and our failings. That's the wonderful thing about disciple. We, yes, engage in the scripture, but also we share with one another hurts and heartaches and sorrows. It's no wonder that people want to take disciple one and then two and then three and four and then all the other things and Yes, to learn about Scripture, but even more so, so they have formed a community because they are living out the character of who God is. They're living out the character of who God is, living in community. So, when we think about this community of God, we think about this trinity of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that we are invited to participate in. What what is this? Well, I, I like what Timothy Keller in his sermon about the Trinity says on this. He said, it's an eternal community that they glorify one another. And in glorify means this, that they serve and, and please and love one another from the beginning of time. They serve and please and love one another. From the beginning of time, this community of love is there. Kind of like what, what Garrett was saying there. Did a great job, Garrett. That, you know, you need to go to Duke Divinity School and become a preacher, but I'm just saying, uh, you did great work. They're sharing in this joy of giving to one another. And those that can't do that, well, they're going to find themselves in a bad place. 
How many of y'all are watching uh, Rings of Power or have watched them all? And, and, and anybody? Oh my gosh, no one's been watching those? Oh, I don't know if this is going to fit then. But the Rings of Power is a prequel to the, the Lord of the Rings. I'm not going to tell uh, all about it because I don't want to be a spoiler alert. But it, in an interview with the person who is playing the bad guy, who's Sauron, I'm not going to say who it is because that's a reveal at the end of, the, end of this, this, uh, this season's series. He said in the research to become like this character that is ultimate evil, he said he read a, a poem by W.H. Auden written about Tolkien, who was the writer of The Lord of the Rings, and in it, Auden makes this statement, evil can love nothing but itself. Evil can love nothing but itself. And maybe why from uh, before creation happened, this angel Lucifer could not join this magical dance of grace and love because he could love nothing beyond himself. And if we want to join into the character of God, we must join this community, this, this one who's been eternal giving and serving and loving from before the dawn of time. Loving each other just because they love each other. Isn't it wonderful to receive some love from somebody who you know loves you? You know, you might have been working there online for a long time, going out for a nine-hour Zoom meeting. I mean, you know, it, it, we've all been there with, in COVID if you've been working uh, remotely. And, you know, it's just going on and on and on. In the midst of it all, you hear the door open and hear comes your beloved bringing you a glass of tea or a snack, you know, thank you, you know, because it, it, they love you. They know you're going through a long day. Or uh, the child opens up her lunchbox and there sees a note from mama and said, hon, I hope you know I love you today. And when the, her other friends see it, she grows red as a bee because, oh gosh, oh, mom's done that. But in her heart, she knows she's loved. We love that stuff, don't we? Receiving love from someone that loves us. And this has been going on from before the beginning of time. There is a note from the son to the father on the pearly gate. Said, Dad, I love you. You're great. And, and there is a hillside of flowers produced by the spirit for the son. Said, hey, Jesus, you, you're all right. And, 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 and there is a banquet prepared by the father and the son for the spirit. And all of heaven is there gathered together to enjoy in this banquet, this supper that they prepared to honor this other person of the Trinity. It's been something of going on since the beginning, before the beginning of time. And we're invited to participate in it. For you see, for you see, God created the world, God created the universe, not so much to receive love, but to share it. This, this divine trinity is so filled with love that it said, we, we got to expand this notion of love to make a universe that is founded and based in this divine love that we have one for another. And so they have been expressing love into this universe and they invite all of us to participate in this love. Invite us all to 
participate in this love. I love what George Marsden uh, said in his uh, biography of Jonathan Edwards. When Marsden was describing Jonathan Edwards' book, this is a double quote of a double quote of why God created the earth. And he says this, he said, God created the earth because God was so filled with love that it overflowed into this universe. And he invites all in this universe to join in this participation of divine love. And as we honor God and as we glorify God, we share it with others. And we grow in our happiness and our joy. In other words, this Trinitarian notion of love is expressed in the simple phrase that Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Love your neighbors. Love yourself. And as we grow in those things, well, we begin to do stuff like this. As Brian McLaren described it in his book, Walking the Road as We Build It. You're at a party and you see someone standing all alone and you feel this Trinitarian God move you to go invite that person into the center of the activity helping someone who's on the outside come into the inside. You, you feel it when you hear about the homeless shelter across town or the Oasis Clinic, as you just heard about on the screen, or uh, the jail, and the Spirit moves you out to share love. Or it might be that you come home after a long day of work, and you notice that the kitchen is a mess, and you think to yourself, my goodness, what, doesn't anyone do any work around here? Why, why, why do I have to do all this stuff? And then the Spirit reminds you. I see some elbows being flown around there, so this is a real-life example. The Spirit moves you to say, you know, I bet that person's had a hard day too. And for no other reason but because of love. You wash the pots, load the dishwasher, Wipe up the crumbs off the counter. All out of love. Marsden says this, that as we get more and more incorporated into this nature of this Trinitarian God, it's like witnessing a dance. That the Spirit is joining hands with the Father and the Father with the Son, and they're just whirling around in joyful glee and inviting all to come. Be a part of this dance. Experience our joy. Wow. Incredible. Incredible. You know, uh, my wife really wanted us to learn how to dance. She, she really did. And so uh, she in, uh, invited me out on a surprise date when we were living in Montgomery. And we ended up at the Arthur Murray studio. There we were. And it was for a demo. And so, you know, they, there they were in a great part of town. The, the floor was spotless. You know, the, 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 the dance instructors looked like models. And, well, they, they danced like dance instructors. I mean, it was great. And so, you know, they gave us a bit. You know, Alicia was smiling about that. And, the, and said, yeah, wouldn't that be something fun to do? So, yeah, yeah. So the guy handed me the brochure. 
And when I opened up, I looked at the prices. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> but I knew my wife wanted to learn how to dance. So I looked through the phone book. Remember those sayings? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I looked for the phone book for dance studies, and I found one. I called up, and I said, we, we're coming. Here, I'll, I'll, here's my credit card. I'll pay for it. So we showed up at this dance studio. <clears throat> Let me just say, it was connected to a gas station. <laughs> it was not the best part of town. We walked in, and it was a dance studio slash lingerie store, and there's more there than lingerie, if you know what I mean. And the guy looked like he had been out partying all night with a cigarette. All right, come on in. And they had pictures from the parties that they had held at that place. And I just say I wouldn't show those in church. But there we were. And he taught us how as best he could to dance. And it was, you know, stepping on each other's toes and laughing a little bit and counting. And, you know, we even went to a church that had a dance studio in the basement to go. And, I mean, it was just sort of awkward. But then there's one night, a magical night. We went to a place where they did contra dancing. And there's no counting there. There was a hammered dulcimer and a mandolin and a guitar playing the music. And we were there with some of our dearest friends. And we just started to grab hands with one another and just circle. And it seemed like an endless procession of joy and laughter and love. It was a magical night. I'm not doing it justice with this word picture. But it was truly wonderful. Well, my friends, that's nothing compared to the joy-filled dance that God is inviting us to experience in this divine community of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we can gain a foretaste of that here and now in this life as we love and serve one another and participate in this ministry of generosity so that we too can be eternally happy and joyful in the dance that is this divine community. That is our calling. Let us live into it. That is our destiny. Let us claim it. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, this family that invites you to join in the dance. Amen. Let us pray. Oh, holy God, we come before you grateful for the opportunity to be called, to be baptized, to be brought into your divine name and to live into the community of joy that you have established before time began. May we, Father, may we joyfully join in that dance that enables others to participate, others to come and know the happiness that you long for us all to experience because of your great love. And may we, through our generosity, through our caring, through our ability to God, to invite others. May we expand that circle of joy so that others will know it too. Now, Father, we go from here, living into the name of your family. Father, Son, 
Holy Spirit, creator, redeemer, sustainer. This is our true family. It's our true home. We ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen.